Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. El futuro tiene nada más que la confrontación. Hey, welcome to Unpopular Opinion. I'm your host, Adam Todd Brown. I used to write a bunch of weekly columns for a bunch of internet places, and I would use those columns to put forth all sorts of crazy opinions. Then, I'd come on this show to defend those opinions. But now, I don't do anything at all. Joining me today, he is one of the hosts of this podcast. Uh, he, uh, you know, he's, he's a good guy. He's a good comic. He uh, doesn't do much comedy anymore, but that's because comedians aren't fun, and neither is doing comedy in L.A. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm talking about myself. Also joining me. What can I say about this guy that I haven't said already? He doesn't like sports. He watches Batman. He has friends, allegedly. I don't know what else. Kim Crawl, you know, Patreon, things like that. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, my co-host, Jeff May. It's going to be a great show. everybody welcome to unpopular opinion i'm jeff and i'm a bad person why would you know that's not who you are that's who i am but i'm not a bad person i'm a good person yeah that well that that intro was you this whole time and i would like to introduce myself now i'm adam todd brown no that that wasn't me that was you you were talking Mm, your mouth was clearly moving while those words came out. That's so, not what happens. That's it, not how this works at all. It is. It happens every time. I just don't have a guest here to defend me this time. I'm gonna, I'm going to be honest here. This is not how I wanted to start my Christmas week, is having you send false accusations towards me. I'm going to murder you. That's not a false accusation, so that's fine. Okay. Okay. Uh, how's it going, Jeff? It is. It's Christmas week. It's Christmas yeah, week. I'm, I'm not not into it. You know, like I like that. I'm down. I bought I bought my first Christmas tree in a long, long time. Long, long time. Uh, yeah. Are you simply having a wonderful Christmas time? I sure am. God, I sure I hate am. That fucking song though. Yeah, because war is over. That's another. That's the other. That's the other unbearable one. Beatles Christmas. Song. God, they George Harrison should have shown up and be like, "Can I do a, like a good Christmas song?" Yeah, that, but I, don't, I I I dislike most Christmas songs. Like I'm not a Christmas music guy, but I love Christmas. Oh. And Are I, you trying I like, to tell me, dude, Feliz Navidad fucks so hard. Yeah, it's a good song. There's a lot of good Christmas songs. I think your Sleigh Ride, Sleigh Ride is so good. Yeah, I got I got wonderful Christmas timed at the grocery store recently. I was shopping and just realized it was on above me. I was like, fuck. It's like, I don't know which song was recorded first. I think Wonderful Christmas Time, but, uh, or, you know, so this is Christmas. But like it's like they they had to make the opposite version of the other guy's song because one of them is like peppy and annoying, and then the other one is just super depressed and sad. Well, that was their whole yeah that that was their whole dynamic dynamic yeah Lennon and McCartney. One of them was upbeat and one of them uh, beat women beat up yeah <laughs> one's upbeat and one beat up. 
So that makes a good transition into what we're talking about this week. We're doing a, a local news roundup episode with a twist. Twist, like the corn song. Come twist. Uh, we're, we're talking about crime stories from around the country. Because here's the thing. There's still crime happening in the United States. Get the fuck out of here. And we're going to do something about it. And by that, I mean we're going to talk about it, laugh about some of it, uh, some of it's a little alarming, but, you know, we're going to get through this. We're going to get through this crime wave sweeping the nation, which is kind oh. of misleading. It sure is. I've been hearing a lot about that. A lot of people talking about all the thefts happening. And it's like, but crime is, is it, crime is it, down it, in a lot of cases. What's is weird it a wave? is crime is down, but like murders and shootings are up. Hell but, yeah. Yeah. I mean, so the cool crimes are still happening. Yeah. Yeah. And that's awesome. They're, 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 they're happening and snapping, baby. Yeah. <laughs> So we're, yeah, they're not, they're not all going to be super serious crime stories. Uh, case in point, this first one, this happened in Minneapolis, well, Blaine, Minnesota, which is a suburb of Minneapolis. An Instacart driver was cited for running over an elderly couple's groceries. Hell yeah. And uh, you should probably get some context here. This couple, they place an order on Instacart coming from Cub Foods. You ever been to a Cub Foods? No, I've not. Uh, I would. N I would never. Wow, that's that's. Are, they a, are they a sponsor of the fucking show? That's a tough stance to take toward a simple Midwestern grocery chain. Do they sponsor the show? They don't. And you know what? You're right. Fuck them. Fuck them. Fuck them. You want me to say something nice about your shithole food food chain? Pony up the bucks, buddy. Yeah. Lucky I even said their real name. This ain't so a this, commercial. Fuck. Fuck you, Cub Foods. This couple ordered from Bub Foods and. They, they get a notification that the driver's outside, and because all the snow is on the ground, they decide to meet them outside. I don't know if I buy that detail. Not a, I don't buy it at all. Because this driver had a lot of time to do a whole bunch of stuff that they shouldn't have had time to do if you came outside to meet them. And there's a bunch of snow on the ground. You're elderly. You weren't going out to carry in your own groceries. I've no, delivered I, I've delivered meals on wheels before. That's not happening. Yeah. And especially there's a lot of there's a lot of like the of the victim story that doesn't necessarily fully line up. Of course, I wasn't there. And it's cer certainly the thing that happened clearly kind of happened. <laughs> but also it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I'm a, I'm on the fence because this I'm not <sighs> I feel like if this happened to to like someone on the left, I'd also kind of find it funny. Like, this is just, uh, yes. it's like fear thy neighbor shit. Like, this is like an investigation discovery scene. Uh, basically what happened, they go out and they see their driver. And what they claim is that this driver yells at them and says, check your wreath. And then proceeds to start backing over and running over their groceries before finally pulling off. And so they check their wreath. And they find a, a the receipt for their groceries, and the Instacart driver has scrawled, Instacart doesn't pay employees. Sorry, find another slave. Fuck the racist police pigs. And I'm like, at least she said sorry, you know? I, uh, nothing she said is wrong. <laughs> exactly. In that note, by the way. But also, you got to remember, too, that this is a suburb uh, of, of uh, Minneapolis and Minnesota. Minnesota has had problems involving the police. Like what? I don't know if, you, I don't know if you've heard. Yeah. 
but the police are a very divisive existence in Minnesota. And yeah. so, but, but here's the thing is we're not giving an explanation yet as to why they would even write that. Yeah. What, what they believe set this off is that this couple had a sign in their front yard. You can see it in the article we'll link to about this. It's shaped like a heart. But it's a heart that says, thank you, Blaine PD, and it's got a Blue Lives Matter flag on it. Which is patently false. Turns the, out they don't. The they Blue don't Lives matter. matter part? Yeah. Not, yeah. Not, not much. Uh, so they think that was the impetus for this. Instacart released a statement calling the driver's actions unacceptable and issued the couple a full refund. How funny would it have been if they issued the apology, but were like, you're not getting a fucking refund. Those groceries are out there. Yeah, they're they're there. You give us an accounting of which ones you can't eat because they've been hit by a car. We'll give you a $5 credit on your next Instacart <laughs> order. I, I love how they're like, they, they issued a statement saying it's unacceptable. Like, what were they going to do? Be like, fuck yeah. We stand by our employees' right to free speech. To ch- to say that we don't pay them, <laughs> that they are our slaves, and that the police are racist pigs. Yeah, I like to think that this driver just knew that saying, fuck the racist pigs, and writing it on this receipt, like it was going to go viral. So she was like, shit, let me get something about Instacart in there, too. Yeah, Added let me, there let me the see top. if I can... Let me see if I because I got to get me a GoFundMe after I get fired <laughs> for this. Because here, but here's the thing too is like when you put like a sign or a flag out there, you you want people to know exactly what you think. That's like right, you know, like if I were to say get fired for saying certain things online by a company, I know that because I put that shit out there, and I'm like, well, these are the consequences of me doing that. Yeah, granted, it's not the same because you know you're supposedly paying somebody to bring you your groceries but also fuck you yeah have your... the blaine pd bring you your groceries from fucking cub foods <laughs> racist ass cub foods so yeah someone started a GoFundMe for this couple and i don't know i don't understand why why they're they already destroyed the world yeah yeah like the, these are el- like they were just all they are out nothing as a result of this They got their money back for their groceries. What is the 3400 for? I mean, maybe they're struggling in some way that I'm not aware of, but... Oh, an elderly white couple with a thank you Blaine PD (laughs) sign outside of their house that they own? Fuck them. Yeah, things are probably pretty tough. Oh, man. Uh, The driver was identified as 36-year-old Tara Plum. Nice Christmas name. Yeah. Who was cited for criminal damage to property. Uh, police apparently received a lot of inquiries as to whether this would be a hate crime. And uh, the this couple no. does not fall under one of the protected classes that uh, are covered by hate crimes. So, nah, it's not. <laughs> I and, mean, I'm into it. Yeah, I mean, this is, this is funny. Like, this is obviously very funny. I, I don't know if, like, like, they're... I guess she wouldn't have known they were elderly people. Yeah. Which... That almost makes it a little more brave because I would assume if they're not elderly people, they're people who have guns who would probably find it somewhere in their heart to say they were leaning on stand your ground laws. I would just like to remind you that it is now about $14,000 as of our recording that they have raised. That is too much. That's too much money. Does it say if they have any particular malady or distress in their life? 
it or says are they just trying um, to trying it, to get Vikings tickets next year. Yeah, right. Uh, we no longer feel comfortable except uh, we, they closed the page on um, December 15th. So yesterday, as of recording, um, they closed the page. Uh, it was for it's a bunch of people that are like, God bless the officers nationwide. It's what racists want to do with their money is donate to a couple that put doesn't up a fucking thing doesn't need it. Yeah. Cool. Um, cool. Yeah. So we got this. Uh, it's a call. They calling it a grocery fund. Grocery fund. <sighs> Okay. I got to fake a hate crime so I can get $15,000 from fucking rubes across the country. Yeah. Yeah, that would be... I'd be like, a Chinese man called me a cracker. (laughs) Everybody give me money for my pain and anguish. You stepped on my tostada that I ordered. You would have a whole career ahead of you if you did that. That's... Could you... Oh, man, I would be the Jim Brewer of comedy. Yeah. Also, yeah, why didn't this – if Instacart doesn't pay employees, like literally doesn't, then just why Why are you working there? Well, like, it they does. Have it's to like, pay it's you like Uber. You get, you get fucked, but you need to do something to survive. Yeah. I've been in it's, – it's a cycle. It is a hard cycle to break out of with Uber too. So I totally understand being in that position. I probably wouldn't have written sorry in the wreath. Yeah, I mean, it, like I said, it was very kind. And they wrote – S-R-Y. They didn't even spell it all out. I like that. That was a nice Get with touch. the times, grandma and grandpa. Yeah. I bet they were wondering what that even meant. No yeah, one's everyone's like, sorry. I can't believe this person did this out of hate. Yeah, okay. but it's out of hate toward the police. And the police have done, like you said, uh, some pretty egregious things in Minneapolis of late. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know what? Let's, let's give a thank you. Like, honestly, fuck them. Run over the racist police's food next time. Do that. Yeah, and and here's the thing: if the if the roles were reversed, and this was some right wing asshole backing over a family's groceries because they had a Black Lives Matter sign in the yard, that motherfucker would be an instant celebrity on One America News Network. Yeah, right. And shit. Like, you looks know. like their coffee mate is fine. Their bananas are fine. It looks to me like their Canada Dry uh, ginger ale two liter is fine. Oh wow, communist much? Canada yeah, Dry? Right. Come on! Wow, socialist. Uh, yeah, some socialist soda. Yeah, there's a photo of the broken, the run over bag, and it's pretty awesome. <laughs> I did see the picture. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty great. So yeah, that's happening in Minnesota. It's like a, that, that was like a whole season of Fargo. Right there. Just uh, insane Coen Brothers-esque oh, yeah. crime that happened in Minneapolis. Yeah, it looks like you got someone running over your soda there No. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You got to make sure that that's not going to be a problem in the future. going to have to raise about enough money to buy a good-used car, you know. <laughs> uh, should we talk about a more serious crime? Why I not? mean, as long as it's also funny. I mean, it's not completely unfunny. It's uh it's it's a cautionary tale, that's for sure. And aren't those always kind of funny? It's a, it's an interesting cautionary tale because I don't know what the actual message of the story is. This is fucking Fargo right here by the way. Yeah. Uh, I this would is argue very there are, Fargo. There are a few different messages here. There's uh don't cheat on your wife, don't try Fuck to bl- you. don't try to blackmail rich people. Uh things of the sort. Yeah, but who are you going to blackmail if they're not rich? Yeah, that's a good that's a good point. Uh, here, here's what happened. I read this headline. Texas man paid three hit men to murder mistress and her boyfriend. And li- 
whenever I see a headline like that these days, because I've heard it so many times in the past, I just assume, oh, well, the person they hired, like, went to the police and told on them, and then there's going to be video of a sting operation in this article or something. Nope, that is not what happened. That It's like the lady that um, called the the joke hitman hotline oh, to yeah. kill her husband. Like, you're like, oh, so these people are just stupid. Yeah. Uh, but here... There, there's a really famous one where this woman tried to have her boyfriend killed and they faked a murder scene and filmed a whole episode of cops around it. It's in the at one point they just had she thinks her husband's dead and then they just have him walk back in in the middle of this episode. Great television. That's, that's so fucking cool. But that's not what happened here. That's fine. By the way, I'd like to add, that's the one cool thing the cops did. Setting up like a surprise party for a woman trying to murder her husband. Yeah, they don't do much that's cool. So you got to call it out when they do. Yeah. I mean, actually, no, you don't. Fuck them. Yeah, it's, broken clo- it's a broken clock situation. Right. Blind squirrel finds a nut. Hell yeah. A nut in their neck. <laughs> so this story starts with a 46-year-old man named Eric Mound. M-A-U-N-D. Hell yeah. He's power name described in this article that is for some reason on New York Daily News as a Texas auto magnet, which I think magnet is just a word they use to describe people in Texas who are good at yeah. business. Yeah, he inherited uh, he inherited his grandfather or he, he was employed as a part of his the auto company that his yeah, big uh, grandpa made big Texas auto empire. And uh <laughs> He's a married man, and he was having an affair with a woman named Holly Williams. And at one point, her boyfriend, a man named William Lanway, found out about the affair and decided the best course of action was to blackmail Eric Mound. Probably, he, that's the smart, to be honest. It is. It's, it's like if you, if you see someone ahead of you driving a really expensive car, you're going to want to get in front of them, slam on the brakes so they hit you. And you can sue them because yeah. you know they got a ton of cash. Put a neck brace in the front seat of the car. Come out with the neck brace. Yeah. On. Yeah. Come out on crutches. Fuck it. <laughs> Just wheel yourself out. <laughs> like, how did you even get that in there? So he sends Eric Mound a text message threatening to expose his infidelity if he didn't pay a amount of money that none of the articles want to tell us uh, specifically. It had to be kind of a lot. I would think so. Yeah. Because on principle, this motherfucker spends nearly a million dollars. Yeah, it seems like this guy has plenty of cash to throw around. So this guy probably knew that. And uh, Eric Mound, instead of spending that money on paying off his blackmailer, he decides to take a slightly different approach and just have William Lanway and Holly Williams both killed. Man, imagine killing your own mistress like that. Yeah, I just, I can't imagine... Killing anyone, honestly. Like, well, you got to pay to some, have somebody do that, I guess. Well, yeah, of course. You go to a local consulting firm, which, yes. yeah, somehow that's how this worked. He uh, contacted... Spear and, Tip Security. Yeah, Spear Tip Security, an Austin-based company owned by 47-year-old Galad Paled, who stolen valored his way into convincing people he was a former member of the Israeli Defense Forces, which don't you just have to live in Israel at yeah. the right point in your life you have to be 18 in israel for that to be a thing yeah so he could have just done it but instead he lied about it so yeah he goes to this company 
spear tip security. And somehow the, the solution they land on to avoid the all this blackmail is, well, we'll, we'll hire some, some ex-military guys to kill these two. And that's... That's a bold proposition for a business that I'm assuming like is just in the phone book that you can like look up and call. I have a feeling he knew. He, I, I don't think this was a cold call. <laughs> I feel, hey, you guys, uh, you guys do like contract killings? Is that a thing you guys do? How great no? would it be if right. it was though? That would yeah. be fantastic. Press four for contract <laughs> killings for all other. And so Gilad Paled, he in turn contacts two ex-marines byron brockway and adam carey their names look exactly like their fucking faces by the way yeah these two look scary they especially byron brockway holy shit hardcore mcveigh energy coming off these motherfuckers yeah and it's 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 scary just to think about how many dudes like this are out there because these were like special operations guys, so they like they know how to go in and kill someone in an efficient manner. And like, how many ex-military dudes are just out there? Like, yeah, you give me the money, I'll kill someone for you. Why the fuck not? Well, there was like a whole there's a whole point of the the Punisher series that they put out on Netflix about like all these like fucking lost soldiers that didn't know what to do that were basically signing up for these like black ops companies and shit because they were like well i gotta i only have the one skill that i was taught and then you just fucking threw me aside yeah so byron brockway and adam carey the first part of this plan adam carey travels to nashville and with some still unknown uh, associates he surveils this couple and compiles like a dossier on their daily movements that's so cool though it's such man this is this is how rich people live like this is this is like Amex plum card assassination <laughs> here. Like you really got to have access to some cash to get a well thought out murder plan like this. It's not particularly well thought out though as we find out. Well, they do fuck up and get caught like a bunch of idiots. Well, they the whole thing isn't particularly well thought out. I was surprised all right, we'll get there. I, I want to. There's one yeah. specific part that I was surprised about. We're actually going to get there right now. So they they do the surveillance. He pays them fifteen thousand dollars for the work. From there, Brockway and Carey meet up in Nashville, and they confront these two in a parking lot, and not just a parking lot, but the parking lot of Holly Williams' apartment complex. Now that seems risky. That seems like not the like if you're doing here's the thing is you're doing all this fucking recon on these motherfuckers and then you just go to the their <laughs> apartment. Yeah, you could have just pulled a credit report and got their address. Just fucking rob them outside of a out of outside of the movies in a crime alley in front of their kid. Yeah, exactly. Make a little Batman or something. Turn them into like, turn them into Batman. But but honestly though, like if you're going to try to make a murder come off as not being a murder, it has to be something that can look like a robbery, not not tied directly to the target like that. Christ. Yeah. yeah. Or I should kill, be killing people. These guys suck at it. Or, or couldn't they sniper them from somewhere? You give them a little snipe? I, I mean, in, I don't think that works the same way in video games as it does in the real world. But yeah, it does. You, you just give them a little snipe snipe. A little sni- snippy snippy? Yeah, a little snipe. Give them a little snipe. Go, go on a snipe hunt. But there is that, like, if you're going to fucking kill somebody that you're hired to do, it has to look random because fucking... The other part, too, is that, like, as soon as people are like, 
if it doesn't look random enough, people are going to start looking into text messages. Yeah. And emails and shit. But in this case, I guess it would have looked a little random because it would have looked like a carjacking, probably. I think that's what a lot of people would have assumed. Yeah. I don't like the detail where they, they kill the boyfriend right away, but then they throw Holly Williams in the car and drive off and kill her a little later. It's like, what the fuck were you doing before you killed her? I don't yeah, like what was that. what was going on with that whole yeah. secondary location situation that's i mean i'm fine you dumping the bodies at a secondary location but you fucking kill them both at the same time I don't, yeah, don't make it weird yeah i don't i don't i don't like like the idea of what could have been happening to holly during all that it's all bad honestly like uh it would have been cool if you know no one got murdered over any of this like i said cautionary tale yeah tale as old as time you know like don't don't adultery don't blackmail I think those are commandments, aren't they? Fair. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's one of those things where Yeah, I looked him up. She she was uh she was very pretty. Yeah. I yeah, I looked him up. The men in her life much doofier looking. She yeah. could have done better and not ended up getting uh, a blackmailer and a murderer. <laughs> yeah, and I I don't think I mentioned this all happened in Nashville. The Texas yeah. car magnet was from Texas, but the, the Holly Williams and William Landway lived in Nashville. And, uh, yeah, on the day of the murders, Eric Mound paid Galad Paled $150,000. In all, he paid more than 750000 for the murders. But uh, in December, all involved parties were arrested. Of this year. So th- this just happened. Now, yeah, yeah. as a side note, this occurred right before COVID hit. Oh, yeah. It's Tennessee, man. You could have just waited a couple weeks. Yeah, they were just going to die from going to see a they were Ricky, gonna go see Kenny Ricky Chesney Sk- or some shit. <laughs> go see Ricky Skaggs at a small bar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're going to end up catching it at the Grand Ole Opry, and then what? <laughs> uh, I still can't believe I didn't get COVID going to see Mariah Carey in Las Vegas on February 29th, Leap Day. Also, she just announced not touring anymore because of COVID. So I might have seen Mariah Carey's literal last concert which would be pretty fucking cool. Now what you got to do is hire two ex-Marines to kill her so that you can guarantee that it was her last concert. I wasn't going to say it on the podcast, but... Oh, I guess that makes sense now. But yeah, yeah I mean, well, I mean, there's no turning back A lot now. of people listen to this, huh? Yeah, we record this on cassette, so it's not like I can edit it in any way. Old so. magnetate. Yeah, <laughs> reel-to-reel machine. Yeah, fucking Nixon doing that shit. <laughs> Smoking cigarettes. Burn. Yeah. Smoking cigarettes at our desk. All the good Kissinger shit. is on the show for some <laughs> reason. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. So let's talk about a different sort of crime problem. This is, as always, because this is a local L.A. thing, I'm never sure how far stories like this are getting out into the rest of the country. I know one of these that we're going to talk about seems to be hitting the Midwest and the East Coast. But L.A. has two really specific sort of crime waves on its hands, I guess you would call it. The first is follow home robberies, which 
these are it's exactly what it sounds like. Someone will see you out. What is on, it? It's it's when someone sees you out on the town spending your money at say Blast from the Past on Magnolia, and they notice that you're really flashing a bunch of money. You're buying a bunch of expensive shit. So what they're going to do is follow you home and. Once you get to a kind of secluded place, they are going to rob you. And this is happening a whole lot in L.A. There have been, I think they said, 110 incidents of follow-home robberies this year. It's happening to, like, minor celebrities. It's happening. There was a, a But fa- not Jesse Smollett. No, no. He was, well, he was headed to Subway. So you're not going to rob someone going to Subway. Rob Fresh. <laughs> That's what Subway is going to do. Yeah, they're, they're down and out enough already. But yeah, there have been like, there was like, I think a Nickelodeon star that this happened to. There was a family that was buying Christmas gifts at the mall, but they just bought like a shit ton of gifts all at once. So someone, yeah, someone flexing was, in public like that. Yeah, someone was like, well, they got money. Uh, speaking of flexing in public, there was a, a couple that was out at a club. They were wearing a bunch of jewelry. A group of dudes followed their Uber home. And before the Uber driver even pulled off, they just run up and like surround the car. Like, imagine being that Uber driver. That would be a fucking nightmare. With guns, I'm assuming. Yeah, this usually involves guns. Man, wouldn't it be cool if that Uber driver just fucking gunned it and ran over like three of those dudes? I mean, it's it's what I would I would assume anyone would try to do. Actually, I think that these two got out of the Uber first, so he probably was yeah, able that, to yeah. just drive away. But they did run up right as he pulled up. I bet that Uber driver's phone was checked pretty hard after that robbery. Oh, 100%. Yeah. And I'm honestly surprised this hasn't been happening more and for a longer amount of time. It seems like such a no-brainer in terms oh, yeah. of <laughs> crimes to commit. Like robbing a UPS truck that's blocking traffic with their fucking um, back door open yeah i don't understand how that's not always robbed yeah or at least you take you take one little thing like you grab a box i've never understood that one of my one of my friends used to work have i ever mentioned this my friend matt he used to work at ups and if a box ever came down broken open like a bigger box he would always find a smaller box and put it in the bigger box and then tape it up and he would just go mystery box (laughs) (laughs) or bonus box he called it bonus boxing (laughs) so yeah the the these Follow home robberies, they're happening a whole bunch in L.A. Most of the victims are coming from really rich shopping areas like Melrose Avenue, Beverly Hills, Jewelry District, high-end restaurants and nightclubs. There was one incident where a dude just walked up to people sitting at a restaurant outside during the day and stole like a $500,000 watch. And here's the thing. That's part of the problem. The demographic that this is happening to, it's a bunch of rich fucks. Uh, this guy who got yeah. his watch stolen. A $500,000 watch? Yeah. I'm fine with that being stolen off of literally anybody except if they won it in a contest. But here's the thing. He's so rich that he was fine with it, too. He was yeah. just like, <laughs> can you believe this happened to me? And but like, yeah, like nobody has a half a million dollar watch that isn't insured. Right. So it, in that sense, it feels all, like not really a victimless crime, but uh, I mean... Rich people are going to be targets in an economy like this. You you, you got to expect it. Yeah. And especially social the, media has to make it so much easier because people can't yeah. help. But like, like if you're rich and you real time post where you're at, you're a lunatic. Someone's going to kidnap you. Yeah. Um, TikTok stars should get robbed, right? 
Yeah, well, I mean, that's how it happened to Kim Kardashian when she was in. Oh yeah, I think that's she, right. She was in France. She was like real time posting, and they just used her social media to track her and steal this insanely expensive diamond. That's why I'm glad I'm poor. Yeah, I can tell everybody where I am, and it's like, what are you going to do? Nobody's going to attack me. So these types of robberies have been happening in L.A., but they're happening so much more now. And what worries me in terms of calling this a victimless crime, the victim is going to be like everyone else living in L.A. Because this is going to be a thing because it's happening to rich people. Rich people have a lot of money. They have a lot of influence when they demand something from the city, they're going to get it. And in this case, they're going to demand more police patrolling the streets, looking out for people who look like they don't belong in the area. And uh, <laughs> the, it's it's going to blow the idea of defund the police right out of the water. Yeah. Porch piracy being a thing, you know, in, in this area, like you, you have to figure out a way to deal with it. But the funny thing is, is because my roommate works in fashion, she gets a lot of like fabric samples in packages that come by. And so uh -huh. like some one time somebody stole two of them. And I was like, man, this is the worst thing to possibly steal. It's like a, a literally worthless fabric sample. It's like a swath of fabric. Yeah, you'd have to be so disappointed. You steal that, crack it open. Ugh. I like the video of the guy that sets up the fake, um, the fake package. That sprays glitter and fart spray everywhere, <laughs> and it has like all the cameras on it and stuff. I have not seen that, but they are glorious. I I will I will track that down. So that that's the one thing that's happening in L.A. And I don't know how far out into the rest of the country that has reached uh, follow home robberies. If you're out there committing follow home robberies in somewhere that's not Los Angeles, hit Call us it. up. Yeah. yeah, call in, yeah. Let us know. Leave us a voicemail. Tell us what it's like. Yeah. Tell but then, us how you live in high on the hog. But then there's this other thing that is happening kind of all around the country, but, oh, especially in L.A. right now, which is smash and grab robberies. That, again, exactly what it sounds like. You, you walk in a place uh, like a jewelry store. They got a glass case. You break that. You steal all the shit. You uh, loan some of it to Kevin Garnett. He goes and wins uh, Eastern Conference Finals. You get shit back. That's, that's the plot of, yeah. you know, uncut gems. But same thing here. Same thing here. You that That's how it ends. But it starts with people just running in a place, uh, sometimes breaking a, a, a glass case, stealing a bunch of shit, running back out. Sometimes they break a window to get in after hours. Sometimes it happens when the store is open and uh, people are it's, up in arms. It's essentially not cat burglary. It's not like like entrapment style burglary where you're like moving around. It's any kind of business burglary that doesn't involve like doing gymnastics around a red laser <laughs> tripwire. Yeah, it's it's very different than that. This is brute force robbery that doesn't really involve violence. So that's it's nice. Like, like Reservoir Dogs. Yeah. Reservoir Dogs started that way and then got violent. Got a little violent. Yeah. Thanks, Mr. Blonde. There was one particularly, I don't want to say entertaining or interesting version of this that happened in California, but there was a group that uh, clearly wanted to go out and do some smash and grab stuff. Problem, they didn't have the tools necessary. So they just stormed a Home Depot and went in and took a bunch of sledgehammers and bolt cutters and ran out. And it's when a very locusty vibe going on with these folks. 
Yeah. And like you're a Home Depot employee, like you might like stand in the aisle and be like, hey, don't. And they're like, if they just raise one of those bolt cutters at you, you're going to be like, you're fine. Get out of here. Like no one's no one's getting murdered over Home Depot bolt cutters. When I was in college, one of my summer jobs was a painter and what we were paid to like paint the interior of a Home Depot and it sucked. It was awful. It was a shit job. One of the guys that I worked with was like this older dirt bag, and he robbed that Home Depot blind. He took so much shit from them, and I was like, "Are we, are we not supposed to say, yeah, fuck it?" Because it was like a new Home Depot. Sorry, Tuxbury, Massachusetts Home Depot, visible off of the two off of uh, two ninety. Um, our bad. I I advocate shoplifting from big box stores. I think you should probably should do it. Fuck Target. Fuck well, that, Walmart. That's that's the thing that. I think people lose sight of in all of the debate around these smash and grab robberies is in a lot of cases, they're not smash and grab robberies. They are group shoplifting at best. And I know it's scary because it's a bunch of people of color wearing hoodies, but they are still essentially just shoplifting like that. One of the incidents that happened in Chicago, a group of people walk into a Louis Vuitton store, pull out a bunch of garbage bags, fill those garbage bags with shit, and then leave. And I'm sorry, that is just shoplifting. And it's hilarious shoplifting. I'm just going to put this out there. I may have said this. I've said this on stage before, but it's very easy. If you're at Target, say you want a little snack, little M&Ms or something like that, you know, you grab those M&Ms, you put them on the top of your cart, not where you put your stuff, but like sort of in front of where you'd put your kid. Then when you go to pay for all your shit, you just forget to pay for the M&Ms because they're in a different weird place that why would you look for them? So even if you get caught, you'd be like, oh man, that's so embarrassing. (laughs) Forgot that I put the M&Ms up here. Like they're not going to do it. I mean, well, they're not going to do anything to me. If you're white, do this, I guess. Like if not, then they could probably, they're probably chasing you and looking for a reason to harass you. So yeah, the people are especially up in arms about this because L.A. County now, but at one point, all of California had this rule in place during COVID where if you were arrested for like a minor felony or a misdemeanor, they were going to impose zero dollars bail. So like catch and release, basically, because we didn't want overcrowded jails during COVID. And that's since been lifted in most of the state, but L.A. County kept it in place. And so now when they do manage to arrest people, for these smash and grab crimes, which I still argue isn't uh, the proper term for it always, they just let them go. Because again, this is essentially group shoplifting. (laughs) And people are so adamant that there should be more of a punishment for this. And it's like, what the fuck do you care? Like, I don't care if Nordstrom loses 140 grand in a night. Like, who gives a shit? It is still shoplifting. Like, yeah. I, I, I also fe- they have insurance for that. Right, right. Like shrinkage is a part of 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 doing that business, and it's also like you're not like don't smash and grab or don't rob a fucking mo- small mom and pop store. But if you're gonna take out Nordstroms or Walmart or Target or Home Depot, fucking do it. Yeah, there are definitely worse targets. You could focus on <laughs> worse targets. <laughs> like Target is another store that probably this is happening to a lot. So, uh, yeah, that that's the thing that worries me about this, though, is that because you're already seeing people in other parts of the country and in Los Angeles are trying to paint this as, well, here's what happens 
when Democrats run your cities. There's just roving packs of gangs stealing from the local Nordstroms. You're not even safe at Nordstroms anymore, Jeff. I never was. Not with this hole burning in my pocket. Got to get me a $90 t-shirt. <laughs> and I haven't heard much about follow home robberies being a nationwide thing yet, but smash and grab robberies are. Well, it's like it's like music. It starts here and then it gets popular everywhere else. Yeah, or homelessness, crack, like deinstitutionalization, all kinds of great things start in California. Chicago's had at least four smash and grab robberies recently. There were two Best Buy stores in Minnesota that were targeted. and Okay, they kind of need a help. They kind of need a hand, though. Don't, don't. But also, that's, I mean, a, that's a solid target. That's a good choice. Oh, yeah, man. That's like going to the video game aisle of Toys R Us if you're going on a shopping spree, you know? Yeah. Everything you grab is going to be worth something. Yeah. Unless you're just right up by the registers grabbing the beef jerky but, and packs yeah. of pens that are there for some reason. Running out with a fucking <laughs> fridge. <laughs> <laughs> I do all my grocery shopping at Best Buy. Yeah, if somebody if somebody walks into a Best Buy with a hood on and a dolly, it's going to be an interesting smash and grab there. So, yeah, what you're already seeing is in California and a bunch of other areas where these uh, smash and grab robberies are happening is the entire focus is on progressive DAs who refuse to prosecute crimes like shoplifting. And I came in, in researching this, I came across a especially wild group called Save California that put out a list of factors that are contributing to smash and grab robberies. And uh, I'm going to go through this list of five things. Spirals, please, interestingly. Yeah. Please note how quick it goes from libs are bad to we are clearly a racist media outlet. Here's the list. Number one, there are fewer cops in Democrat cities, uh, in parentheses, reduce funding plus the jab or your job. Number two, county DAs don't prosecute thefts of $950 or less, and the criminals know it. Number three, because of fear of lawsuits, parentheses, no tort reform, employees are trained not to interfere. Okay, uh, now let's get to number four and number five. Number four, thanks to government schools, these young bandits have no fear of God in them. Number five, family destruction has bred many fatherless boys into young men without restraint. Uh, okay. Yikes. Yikes. The oh. Church took a turn with those last couple there. Real, real twist. Not a twist, really. That's not a. That's like seeing. That's like watching Psycho for the second time and pretending to be surprised by the ending. Yeah, I mean, you, you could you could see it coming, especially if you think the thing California most needs to be saved from is smash and grab robberies. Like, holy shit, we're gonna. Yeah. We're, I I have five five gallon bottles of water in my kitchen right now through a uh, delivery ordering mishap. And all I can think is how, if it was like 20 years from now, I'd be rich. Like that, that would be the one. Is that I a could, sparklets order? Yeah, I could sell that. Yeah, yeah I fuck I with sparklets. Yeah, I fuck with sparklets, man. Yeah. It's and, a little uh, expensive, but the dispenser, so great. And when the world collapses, I ain't giving it back. Exactly. Well, not just that, but like if the world collapses, you still got a clean source of water for yeah, at least I, a yeah. while. Sparklets is still in business and Mad Max <laughs> just delivering. So, yeah, the, the concern, again, is that this is this is what the talking points are going to be if the, th this kind of thing spreads. The thing that I saw that was, like, most interesting was how wage theft is actually, like, 
I think it's something like 20% higher financially than actual theft than like, you know, so like corporations doing wage theft. No. I know. No. But nobody nobody gives a shit. I'd love to see that. I'd love to see them say something about that. Yeah. Where where are those Christians when they talk about wage theft? How crazy would it be if corporations did it the same way? Like you get <laughs> you get your check, you go home, and then all of a sudden some dude in a suit just yeah. breaks through your window and some fifth- middle manager <laughs> with a short sleeve shirt and a tie comes in and takes like twenty five percent of your money. Yeah. That's all. Okay. With the L.A. smash and grabs in the articles about that, they mentioned that there's like six specific street gangs that are tied to this. And man, I wouldn't be surprised if police were putting it in gang members' ears that like, you know, they're just letting people go for shit like that right now. Because this is a good this is a good scare tactic when it comes to uh, the defund the police stuff like this is going to be the counter argument. And I was going to say, it's also interesting that they're like, it's about specific gangs, because that by by making it gangs instead of just people that are not necessarily related to each other in that regard. Right. It gives you a a boogeyman to go against. Yeah. And like the fact that it's happening in unison, you would think they would just apply some of those heinous gang laws to the groups that do this, like fucking racketeering or something. It'll they'll get there. Eventually, this will become a crime that sends you to prison for like 75 years. Yeah. Don't you count it out. L.A.'s got a lot of influence. Some white detective is going to beat you with a bar of soap and a towel. Now, save California. They're not going to be the kind of outlet that talks about a problem without coming up with some solutions. Also, by the way, my favorite Red Hot Chili Peppers album. Save California. Yeah. 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 I'm just kidding. I don't like any Red Hot Chili Peppers album. (laughs) Fucking hate the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Oh, yeah, when he does that. He, like, actually does that. I'm like, hey. So Save California, a group funded by the Red Hot Chili Peppers, they also have some solutions for this problem. They don't just know why it's happening. They got some fixes, Jeff. You ready? Oh, I am in like... I don't know what the rest would be. I don't know how to finish that. Yeah, who knows? Here we go. Tell others the Black Lives Matter defund the police agenda, the medical tyrants the jab or your job threat, and politicians releasing criminals into communities are all causing the scary rise in crime. Ooh, spooky. Also, I don't know who wrote the second one, but prevent crime by doing marriage and family according to the word of God. Is doing the right? I don't know. Doing marriage? To to people that would do this, yes. <laughs> Including training children, personal discipline, respect for authority, and accountability to God. Yeah. Parentheses, sex is only for procreation. <laughs> And the problem with this argument is, in general, robberies and, like, more serious versions of robberies and crime in every city except New York and L.A. that they're highlighting. Because they're, the argument is that, again, this is what happens when Democrats run your city. Criminals just get to run amok on the streets. In Chicago, Baltimore, Sacramento, San Francisco— and a bunch of other Democrat-run cities that are being accused of that thing because of these robberies. Robberies actually went down, sometimes significantly. The only places they went up is L.A. and New York. 
But that's honestly all it's going to take for this to become a nationwide law because L.A. and New York rule. (laughs) They're pretty awesome. I'm not going to lie. That's why we get all the cool shit. Are you afraid of crime? Go somewhere that isn't cool. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Go to fucking dipshit Minnesota and have somebody run over your racist groceries. And yeah, I can't stress enough. This is still just shoplifting in most cases. So if uh, the, the the punishment for it never becomes more severe, I think we'll live. I think we will live. All right, let's close out. This is a little, uh, I mean, this is still a horrifying story that we're about to talk about, but at least there's a happy ending, I guess. Not really. (laughs) Maybe. Uh, This is a a story I knew nothing about, which is crazy because I know everything about music. Uh, The OJs. The, the band that sang For the Love of Money, which is the Apprentice theme song. It's the money, 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 money. Yeah. Love Train. Money. Lots of hits. They're a great band. In their early days, before all those hits, they had a, a band member, a uh, guitar player and songwriter named Frankie Little Jr. And he left the band before all those big hits. And uh, after leaving the band, he served a few years in the U.S. Army and eventually made his way back to his hometown of Cleveland, Ohio, which was his last known residence. And then at one point in the mid-70s, he just up and disappeared. And for all of these years, no one had any idea what happened to Frankie Little Jr. Meanwhile, in 1982, police found a bag behind a business in Twinsburg, Ohio. Ever been? I lived there for six years. Of course, of course. Haven't we all? I had to leave after some heat came in when they found a thing I did. (laughs) Here's the thing. There was a person in that bag, Jeff, and they'd clearly been stabbed to death several years prior. But that's all anyone knew. Police were never able to identify the body until now. A couple months back, a group called the DNA Doe Project approached the police with the names of some people they thought could be potential living relatives of the person found in that bag. They eventually tracked down one of those names. That person agreed to a DNA test. Test confirmed the remains in that bag were those of Frankie Little Jr. We found him, Jeff. Finally, our 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 watch has ended, Adam. It is it is cool when you know. I, I don't know how much of his family, like especially parents. Uh, yeah. would still be alive at this point. But it's nice that the family gets a little closure. I mean, now there's going to have to be an investigation into who actually killed yeah. him, which should be easy, should be no yeah. problem. Body, 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 body. Yeah, yeah, I, I want to make I want to make it clear he did not participate in the writing or recording of the song Backstabbers, which is also a very big hit by the OJs. Good place to look right. for your first, uh, your first suspect, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, he did not write the song, We Killed That Guy That Used To Be In Our Band. <laughs> yeah, that would, yeah, it, it's a possibility. They named themselves after a famous murderer. Right, O.J. Simpson, yeah. Even the S. <laughs> oh, no, that end. one, too. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> so, yeah, this is, I mean, it's an interesting story. Good for, yeah. good for, good for Frankie Little Jr. I don't, know, change... I, I don't know how, the, how to land the end of this and make it sound like a good story w- while also acknowledging... He was stabbed to death and disposed of in a bag. That happened like, what, 50 years ago almost? Yeah, I don't think it's even a crime now. I'm over it. Yeah, I think statute of limitations has passed. Honestly, it always feels to me like anything that happened in the 70s doesn't really count. Yeah, 
That, Everybody looked like they smelled like soup. I, I'm, I'm not going to lie. There's always a little part of me where if someone has like gotten away with a crime for decades and decades and decades. And Give it to them, yeah. Then, yeah, then you, like they're found out somehow. I'm always like, oh. Just let them go. You were yeah, almost like there. Like the, if they, there should be a rule where if they then admit to the crime after a certain period of time, like if they admit to it before they get caught for it, they should be they should be let go. But if they get caught after the fact, then they should have to go to jail. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Yeah, make it like a competition. We could film it. Yeah, make it like a weekly series. I'm into that. I'm Adam. It's all I could possibly ask for. Hey, speaking of crime. Yep. Which we've been doing this entire episode. We do. Little story out of Wisconsin. Jeff. Never heard do, of it. Do you, do you remember back in the day when Making a Murderer came out and we were all so enraged by it that we decided every documentary should be eight episodes of one hour each going forward? Remember that? Let me tell you. I sure do. And did I finish Making a Murderer? No. I lost interest in it because I was like, this isn't a nine minute segment on unsolved mysteries in 1992. I don't want to keep watching this. Oh, I mean, I watched it. You should be outraged watching Making a Murderer. Oh, I was, but I was like, no, I get it. Yeah, it's. I let all the tweets tell me what to think. See, that's kind of the problem. That's what America did. Like this, this documentary came out and we were all up in arms about Stephen Avery. And then one person wrote a Medium article. And was like, here's what they left out. And people in droves were just like, oh, okay, yeah, he's guilty. No, he's fucking not. There is a second season of this documentary that makes it pretty clear why that evidence didn't come up in the first season. And it's because it's not that strong of evidence. Like, it doesn't do anything to make him seem less like he got framed by the police. And I know there are people out there who just don't want to think, the police would frame a person, but he was on the verge of bankrupting this police department on account of a civil lawsuit he filed because they framed him for a crime he didn't commit. And he spent like 12 years in prison over it. And then we're supposed to believe he dodged that bullet and then came out and immediately decided to rape, kidnap and murder Teresa Hallbach. And no, he didn't. No, he didn't. And he did not. If you watch the documentary, that's pretty clear. And he and his nephew, both this kid named uh, Brendan Dassey, who clearly his co- his uh, confession was coerced. A judge in 2016 looked at the case again and was like, oh, yeah, his his confession was coerced. You have to release him. And the prosecution appealed. So Brendan Dassey has still been in prison this entire time. And the prosecution just keeps delaying uh going forward with that appeal like these two are getting fucking railroaded like right in front of america's eyes and no one gives a shit and the reason i bring it up uh, stephen avery's back in the news because he took his case to the wisconsin supreme court and you know what you know why this fucks me up by the way i'm sorry i I know you're gonna say that but steve avery was also the name of like a rookie ace pitcher for the braves at the height of the braves Uh and so whenever you say stephen avery i just keep thinking of baseball cards oh that's weird because you don't even like sports that's so fuck you you don't even that's who you are nope i just said it about you so i don't know how it could be about me instead brandon dassey likes sports entertainment brandon dassey probably does like sports entertainment what what's happening 
Was he going to the wrestling match? Wasn't that like a whole thing? Oh, was I the don't... whole thing during the making the murderer was like the WWE. Like, oh yeah, he was he was a big wrestling fan. Yeah. See, yeah, it's where's John Cena to bail out Brendan Dassey? He could sneak right in. Nobody could see him. Get them, get them both out. And yeah, so Stephen Avery, he took his case to the Wisconsin Supreme Court. They refused to to review it. So the next step is to try the the for real, for real Supreme Court. And they're unlikely to review it either. And from there, he's got a couple options, but he's probably just fucked. He's just going to be going to be in prison forever for a thing he did not most likely do. And there is a new witness who has come forward since uh, his trial, a guy named Thomas Sawinski. He claims to have seen Bobby Dassey, who is Brendan's older brother and Stephen Avery's nephew, along with an unidentified older male pushing a Toyota RAV4 down a road toward the junkyard where Teresa Hallbach's car was eventually found. And that is the kind of car she drove. He realized the significance of what he saw after hearing what kind of car she drove when she went missing. So he called police, spoke to a female officer, and she told him, we already know who did it and refused to take his statement. This dude got framed. This motherfucker got framed for this murder. And it... He's a patsy, Adam. It, it bothers me so much that people can watch this documentary and come out the other end going, I don't know, I still kind of trust the police. Like, this is the most corrupt fucking police department you could ever come across in a town this size. Just joking. <laughs> That's all of them. Yeah, yeah. Did I tell you that the fucking, the, the child officer, like the school officer at the middle school that I worked at just got caught for fucking kids when he was a Boy Scout leader? Jeez. Yeah, Boy Scouts, if you can believe it. Big, 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 big scandal with uh, yeah. kids record, reporting uh, abuse and molestation. Dude, this fucker. I'm so glad I always, I never responded yes to his Facebook request. This guy, what a piece of shit. Yeah. Jesus. Fuck you, McGrath. Mike McGrath. If that's not even your real name, we found out. Oh, what's his, what's his, it was real like, name? that was like his middle name or something like that that he used by, but he was a fucking cop in our local town. He was the one that always dealt with the kids. Piece of shit. Fuck that guy. Yeah. Fuck you, Mike McGrath. Fake. Fake name piece of shit. You fake name piece of fake cop ass Charlton, Massachusetts shit. So, you know, that's uh, that's the end of the episode. I was also going to bring up the it's not really a crime, so I didn't bring it up. But have you heard about the teachers in South Dakota who were like fighting over dollar bills? Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 pretty that's a pretty strong statement on America right now. Yeah, it feels like that should be a crime. Basically, they they it was part of a contest during halftime of a hockey game in Sioux Falls, which Sioux Falls minor league hockey team is pretty entertaining to watch. But yeah, they, you got teachers fighting for five thousand dollars for their classroom. Yeah, especially when the, when that's happening at halftime or whatever it's called in hockey, uh, intermission. Yeah, it's the the intermission. Yeah. Okay. The yeah. Pray the break. And uh, yeah, in light of how much teachers in this country end up having to spend out of pocket for supplies and shit, this was a this was a bad look. This was uh, not something. Here's what they should have done. Here's how you make this work. You let just regular people fight out for the for the money and then you match 
Whatever they make, you also give that to a teacher. That's the only way this could have worked. But they didn't do that. They just had teachers yeah. fight for dollars like Mad it's, Max. It's funny because they thought they were doing something nice because they were so fucking tone deaf about the world. It's like Trump when he went to Puerto Rico and was tossing yeah. paper towels into the crowd. It's like, oh, this looks great, I'm sure. Oh, you look like a maniac. This won't right be now. replayed for the rest of my existence. That <laughs> was the weirdest fucking thing. And yeah, it's it's very similar. And it's it's uh, especially in a it's a sad statement on what it is like to be a teacher in this country, especially given that South Dakota, I think, ranks second to last in teacher compensation. Median teacher income in South Dakota, $49,000 a year. So why I left my why I left college in Maine because I found out how little Maine paid and I was like oh I don't want to teach here I want to teach in Massachusetts where they pay better yeah so uh, yeah that happened I think that's it for crime though I think- uh, so yeah that happened <laughs> sure it did sure it's a that that's a very like Facebook in two thousand and six post statement to be like oh yeah, um, yeah. so this happened <laughs> oh FML. Is wine o'clock, buddy. <laughs> uh, I think that's our episode, right? Sure as shit is. It seems like we did it. It's a good thing it was just me and you. This would have been four hours long if there was a third person. Could you imagine? Let's picture what name of a person do you think would make it extra long? Uh, I mean, you can always count on Chet, Danger, it's or like Danger. Langley I was thinking Danger with the amount of... As soon as we were talking about the theft, having Danger bike in to talk about what the real theft going on is. Very oh. informative. Yeah, there would have been a lot of that. But this would have been a six-hour holiday podcast. Yeah, happy happy holiday I, I week. Love we should we should do a six-hour holiday podcast. I don't want to. Me, but... you, danger, and Chet. Oof. Yeah, I mean, if I could like just oversee it, like the the RZA producing a Wu Tang solo album, while oh no, you have to be a, the center point of it. Oh, then no, I I would I would pass on that probably. Bow, 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 bow. Can you even do a six-hour Zoom meet? I think I have unlimited Zoom time with because uh, I give them money every month like a maniac. Figure it out, buddy. Oh, all right. I I don't have I don't I don't have anything to plug. Leave me alone, Jeff. Do you have anything to plug before we get out I of mean, here? I mean, I don't know if you know this, but I have uh, cool friends. I have a podcast called Jeff Has Cool Friends. You can check that out at Patreon.com/slash Jeff May. Uh, that gets you early access to uncensored episodes and early mater- and bonus uh, Patreon content. Plus, uh, the podcast Ugh Fine with Kim Crawl. That's a monthly podcast, and I got some more coming. So hop on that train now. But if you don't want to give me money, I'll fuck off. You can listen to Jeff Has Cool Friends for free. Uh, and that episode that is about to drop tomorrow, if you're listening to this upon release, is the free episode with Caitlin Cut. Um, you might know her from Pretty Scary Book. What if I give you money to fuck off? You do. That's but, most of our relationship. Yeah, I guess that's true. But um, I mean, like the get out, like what's name your price? I sign this check. You get out of town. You forever. can't afford me to get out of here. Oh, because I was going to guess like fifty bucks. No, no, no more than that. No. Oh, okay. No. I misjudged you, you, and I'm sorry. I I run an independent podcast. I'm rich. Adam. Oh yeah, you and me both. I'm a man of wealth. Uh, you can also check out uh, Tom and Jeff watch Batman on the game. No, you can't. Employed Patreon. You, no, you can't. can't. No, you can't. You sure can. No, you can't. Yeah, you sure can. You cannot. All right, let's get out of here. Jeff, say goodbye. You get the run over bag of groceries rookie card, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. We love you. Fuck the racist pig police. Oh,